Well, good morning, Christ Church. I'm Pastor Morris Brown. It's so good to be with you in worship today. Whether you're worshiping with us in person or online, we are absolutely thrilled that we've joined together uh, to share in uh, prayers and offering our uh, faith to one another and in hearing God's words and reflecting upon its meaning for our lives. Uh, this morning, we have a great story that we're going to take a look at. You heard about it in the song that the band just sang. It's the story of Doubting Thomas. Uh, so let us hear now from John's Gospel. We begin in chapter 20. Uh, with verse 24. Let us listen for God's good news. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I seal the nail marks in his hands and, and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, well, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen. And yet have believed. May God bless this reading of this ancient story and help us to understand how it may apply to our lives this day. Let's pray together. Oh, gracious Lord, we do give you thanks for the gift of this time and worship. We thank you for each person who's gathered in this sacred space, whether it's here in this building or at home. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us, that you would speak to us your words of light and life, that as we go forth this week, we might be your people of light and life in the world. We ask all these things in the name of Christ, the risen one. Amen. So as you know, we've been sharing a worship series here at Christ Church this month entitled Easter Changes Everything. And in this series, what we're doing is using resurrection stories from the gospel according to John to help us see how Easter can change the way that you and I approach different situations in our lives. Now, so far in this series, we've talked about how Easter can change the way that you and I deal with death. And we've talked about how Easter can change the way that we face our fears. This morning, however, I want us to think about how Easter can change the way that you and I deal with doubt. So here's a question. Uh, what is doubt? Well, according to Webster's Dictionary, doubt is a sense of uncertainty. It's a lack of confidence in someone or in something. Or it can be a general attitude of skepticism that can affect our lives in tremendously negative ways. So let me ask you, do you ever find yourself struggling with uncertainty? Do you ever find yourself struggling with a lack of confidence in yourself or someone else? Do you ever find yourself becoming infected with an attitude of, of skepticism that affects your life in some really negative ways? I know I do from time to time. And it usually happens in one of three ways. See, sometimes I struggle with doubts about myself. For example, there are times in my life when I face situations that seem overwhelming and I doubt my ability to find my way through. Or sometimes I make a bad decision and I doubt my ability to make a good decision in the future. Or sometimes I experience a, a setback in my life. And when I do, I begin to doubt whether my life can ever get better. Sometimes I doubt myself. 
Back in the 1940s, Connie Mack, who was the manager of the Philadelphia Athletics, uh, talked about self-doubt. This is what he said. He said, at some point in their career, every player goes into a slump and begins to doubt himself. Now, when this happens to some players, uh, they find a way to get through it. I mean, they use it to come back and be better than ever. When other players go into a slump, however, they let it get to them. They let a temporary slump turn into overwhelming feelings of self-doubt that, that ultimately can destroy their career. Max said, in the end, I find that these players weren't really licked by opposing teams. They were licked by themselves, by their own self-doubt. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with self-doubt. And other times, however, I struggle with doubts. Well, about other people. I find that there are times when people I count on, when people I trust, when people I love, well, they let me down. They disappoint me. They say or do things that hurt me deeply. And well, when, when that happens, I find that I not only start to doubt them, well, I start to doubt everyone else in my life. St. Augustine put it this way. He said, it's often the case that when a person experiences a bad doctor, he or she is afraid to trust in a good one. That's true, isn't it? When somebody hurts us, disappoints us, lets us down, our doubts about that person can lead us to become skeptical of, cynical toward everybody else. So I don't know you, but sometimes I have doubts about myself, and sometimes I have doubts about other people. I have to admit, however, there are also times, well, when I struggle with doubts about God. I mean, sometimes when I experience difficulty or a tragedy in my life, or, or when I witness difficulty or tragedy or heartache or suffering in the life of somebody else, well, I begin to have doubts about God. I begin to doubt the goodness of God. I, I begin to doubt God's presence in my life or their life. I begin to doubt God's love. I start to ask questions like, how can a good God allow such a bad thing to happen? Or why didn't God answer my prayers or their prayers? Or does God even exist? Sometimes I doubt myself. Sometimes I, I doubt other people. Sometimes I have to confess. I doubt God. And maybe you do too. Well, whether we're struggling with doubts about ourselves or other people or God, I believe the good news is that Easter, Easter can change the way you and I deal with the doubts that we experience in life. And to try to understand how Easter can do this, what I'd like to do this morning is, is take a look at the person that we often refer to as the patron saint of doubters. His name, of course, is Thomas. He's a guy who doubted himself, a guy who doubted his friends, a guy, well, who doubted God. You heard the story this morning. Uh, when the risen Christ first appeared to the disciples, uh, Thomas was not with them. And when the other disciples told Thomas that the Lord had risen from the dead, well, Thomas didn't believe what they said. He doubted them. Eight days later, however, well, eight days later, the risen Christ appeared again. And this time, Thomas was with the disciples. 
And when the risen Christ appeared, he, he comes to Thomas and he says, Thomas, put your finger in the wounds of my hand and, and stick your hand in my side and, and stop doubting and believe, trust. And when he does, Thomas cries out, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus says, because you have believed, because you have trusted, blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed, have put their trust in me. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that this story gives us five keys for dealing with doubt in our lives. And this morning, I'd like for us to explore those keys together. So what are they? Well, the first key is this. Uh, To deal with doubt, we must begin by accepting the fact that from time to time, everybody has doubts, right? I don't know if you realize this, but Thomas is only one in a long line of doubters in Scripture. For example, in the Old Testament, uh, Sarah and Abraham doubted that God could give them a child. Uh, Jeremiah doubted that God could use his life to make a difference. Uh, Jonah doubted that the evil people of Nineveh would ever repent. Then there are those doubters in the New Testament. Uh, John the Baptist had his doubts about Jesus. Uh, Mary doubted that Jesus could help her dead brother. And after denying, he knew Jesus three times. Well, Peter doubted that God could ever use him again. See, Scripture is filled with people who struggle with doubt. I don't know about you, but I find that comforting for me. Author Frederick Beekner puts it like this, Everybody has doubts. If you don't have any bouts with doubts, you're either kidding yourself or you're sound asleep. Doubts are the ants in the pants of life. They keep us active and alive. So the first key to dealing with doubt in our lives is simply to acknowledge the fact that from time to time, everybody struggles with doubts. That leads to the second key. To deal with doubt, we have to admit it. You know, when we doubt ourselves or others or God, one of the best things that we can do is is be honest about our doubts, to admit our doubts. And and that's what I love about Thomas. I mean, he is bold, isn't he? He's bold enough to admit that he has doubts. He's secure enough to admit that, well, he has doubts without reservation. He tells the disciples, I just don't believe it. You know, my oldest son and daughter-in-law lived in in New York City for nine years. And and when they did, Pam and I loved to go and visit them. And and when we were there, we loved to go and see Broadway shows. Now, one of the shows that we went to see was Mamma Mia. Well, before the show started, I was reading an interview uh, with Tina Madigan, who at that time played Sophie, the lead character in that Broadway show. In the interview, the reporter said this, Tina, there's a rumor going around that you get nervous before every show. In fact, the rumor is that you get so nervous, well, you get sick to your stomach. Is that true? Without flinching, uh, Madigan said this, yes, it's absolutely true. She said, I throw up before every performance. Well, the reporter continued, on Saturdays, you have to do a matinee and an evening performance. Are anything different for you then? Oh, yes, she replied, on Saturdays I throw up twice. 
Well, her wording may be crude, but you got to admire her honesty, her willingness to admit her insecurity, her self-doubts helps her through. Best-selling author Philip Yancey said it well. He said, doubt is the skeleton in the closet of faith. And I know of no better way to treat a skeleton than to bring it out into the open and expose it. And it's only by honestly facing our doubt that we'll be able to deal with our doubts in a healthy way. So admitting our doubts, honestly admitting them, can help us handle them. This leads to the third key that I think Thomas offers us, and that is, uh, to deal with doubt, we have to stay attached to positive people. I mean, think about the story. Thomas had his doubts, right? He didn't believe that Christ had risen, but instead of allowing his doubt to disconnect him from the other disciples, the story reminds us that he stayed with them. In his time of doubt, in his time of disbelief, Thomas surrounded himself with people of faith. Most of you probably are familiar with C.S. Lewis, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, right? What you may not know, however, is that back in the 1930s, uh, C.S. Lewis uh, taught medieval literature at Oxford. And he was also a devout atheist. For many reasons, uh, some of them intellectual and otherwise, uh, Lewis had tremendous doubts about the validity of the Christian faith. Fortunately, however, during that period of his life, Lewis did not seclude himself. Instead, he became part of a group of Oxford intellectuals who were also Christians. They were known as the Inklings. The group included people like J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of The Lord of the Rings. And they would get together from time to time to struggle with religious questions. Well, although C.S. Lewis was a tremendous skeptic, the group accepted him. They listened to him. They stood with him over the years as he struggled with questions of faith. In the end, C.S. Lewis wrote this. It was the unconditional support of these men and others during this time of my life that helped me eventually find the answers I needed to convert to the Christian faith. So what's the point? If you and I are having doubts about ourselves, we, we need to attach ourselves to people who still believe in us. If we are betrayed or hurt by someone, uh, we need to stay connected to people that we can count on. If we're struggling with doubts about God, we need to attach ourselves to people who can have faith for us while we're struggling with those questions. You know, that's one of the reasons that we always encourage people at Christ Church uh, to join a small group. To become part of a small group of people who can support them in moments in their lives when they're struggling with doubt. It is so essential to keeping their faith healthy and whole. So this leads to the fourth key that Thomas offers us. And it's this. To deal with doubt, we need to remember that God will not, God will not abandon us. Think about the story. Thomas doubted what the disciples told him. He doubted that the resurrection had taken place. But in the midst of his doubt, the risen Christ 
did not abandon Thomas. Instead, the risen Christ came to him, appeared to him to help him overcome his doubts. There's an old story I love about a Sunday school teacher who asked the kids in her class if they could use some popular TV commercials to teach people about God. Well, the next week, the kids came back to class with some interesting results about commercials that they had seen. One kid said this, you know, God is like Coke. He's the real thing. Another kid said, God is like Tide. He gets the stains out. Someone else said, God is like Hallmark cards. He cares enough to send the very best. Finally, someone said this. God is like General Electric. He brings good things to life. But my favorite, my very favorite was a kid who said, God is like scotch tape. You can't always see God, but God sticks with you. Listen, you and I may doubt ourselves. We may doubt others. We may doubt God. But God will never doubt us. God will never abandon us, no matter how much we struggle with doubt. We need to remember that God will always be with us, and God will come to us in a variety of ways, help us move through our doubts until we find faith again. So this leads to the final key that I think Thomas offers us, and that is to deal with doubt. We must sometimes take a step of faith. You know, I think that's what the risen Christ is saying to Thomas in the story. He says, I know, Thomas, you don't believe that I've been raised. But no problem. No problem. Don't give up. Put your finger in my hand. Put your hand in my side. Feel the wounds. In other words, take a step of faith. Test me. See if it's really true. And Thomas did. Most of you don't know this, but before I became a pastor, I was a banker. I worked as a loan officer and land appraiser for the Federal Land Bank, which at the time was the second largest agricultural lending institution in the country. Anyway, during that time, when I started the job at the bank, I felt, well, to be honest with you, like a fish out of water. I mean, I'd gone to college, right? I had a degree in mathematics and a degree in business administration. I'd read all the books that that the company gave me on making loans and on appraising properties. But when I went to work every day, well, I had poser syndrome. I had doubts about my abilities. In fact, I had this recurring nightmare about sitting down with a borrower to make a loan. And in my dream, the borrower would ask me questions about getting a loan. And and as I tried to answer their questions... Well, they'd suddenly realize I had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. And they would call my boss in, and my boss would fire me on the spot. Well, one day things got so bad that that I went to my boss, and, and I confessed the doubts that I had about myself. After listening to me, my boss, who'd been in banking a long time, smiled. And this is what he said. He said, look, Morris, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. If you're going to be successful in life, you need to learn that sometimes you just fake it till you make it. What did he mean by that? I think he meant you act like you know what you're doing, 
And one day, you will. Psychologists call this acting as if. They say sometimes it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than it is to think your way into a new way of acting. So if you and I doubt our ability to accomplish something, maybe we simply need to take a step of faith in direction toward our goal and see what happens. If somebody hurt us and we feel like we can't trust anybody else, well, maybe we need to take a step of faith and, and place our trust in one person and see what happens. If we have doubts about God, maybe we need to be honest about those doubts and simply try to follow God the best way we know how, trusting that someday, someday our doubts may be dispelled. Martin Luther King Jr. put it this way. He said, faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. The risen Christ. The risen Christ said, put your finger in my wounds and see if it's true. The psalmist said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Sometimes the best way to deal with doubts is simply take a step in a direction of faith. So we can struggle with doubt in a lot of different ways, can't we? Sometimes we doubt ourselves. Sometimes we doubt other people. Sometimes, well, we doubt God. But I believe with all my heart that Easter changes the way you and I deal with doubt. How? By reminding us that everybody, everybody has doubts from time to time. By telling us to honestly admit our doubts when we have them. By encouraging us to stay attached to positive people who can have faith for us by assuring us that God does not ever abandon doubters and by inviting us to take a step of faith in spite of our doubt that with God's help, our doubts may lose their power and help us live a life that's healthy and whole. I don't know about you, but, but when I struggle with doubts, I find that to be incredibly, incredibly good news. Let's pray together. Oh, gracious Lord, as we gather together this morning, we confess that very often we struggle with doubt. Like Thomas, we sometimes doubt ourselves. Sometimes we doubt others. Sometimes we doubt you. And yet through this beautiful story, Thomas reminds us there's a pathway to deal with our doubts and to move through our doubts in ways that are healthy and whole. So we ask, O oh Lord, that you would enable us, help us to do that, that we might, like Thomas, one day trust in ourselves and others and in you. We ask all of these things in the name of Christ, the risen one. Amen and amen.